When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Here we are again in Kitty's bedroom up in the attic hiding from the builders uh, with the um, temporal proviso I think we should make this week that is actually not Wednesday but Thursday because Ben had a migraine, correct? Mm. Which means we're a bit later in the week than we would normally do and I wonder about, you know, we started prepping the podcast early in the week if we've lost some of the things. For example, obvious nailed on thing that we would have to talk about would be Matt Hancock going on I'm a Celebrity. What is wrong with him? But, but is it all a bit Tuesday? No, I think no, I think it isn't because uh, it doesn't it start on Sunday night? Is it? Or Monday. I no. think it starts quite soon. So they, do you think they, 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 they pinned him down quite late or they announced him late? Cause they I think, think they announced it late but I think they announced it late. Well, they were. I mean, they've been rummaging around for new for new contestants for ages. And well, we they know, have. We know how long they've been rummaging around because... Well, they, this, this happens from time to time. Yes, they approached me. But ages ago, yeah. But they approached me right at the beginning when they, every year they think, maybe it'll just be so shit that we'll have sort of Giles Corrin and Matt Chorley and possibly Esther Walker. And who knows, <laughs> maybe Ben Mitchell. You know, they, they start off, like we all do in the media, with the sort of low expectations. Because haven't they got quite good people this year? Apart from Hancock, aren't there other people you want to see? The, uh, the only other one that I've ever heard of, Mike Tyndall. Yes, sorry, fucking yeah. married to a royal. Yeah. You know, there's a couple, it's proper. I'm fucking watching it. I mean, Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. I mean, we know. I mean, it's it's just. What I, okay? What in terms there's so much of to I'm say a celebrity? About Hancock, yeah. in, in terms of Matt Hancock and I'm a celebrity. Okay, there has been so many kind of veiled references to his sort of bizarre personality from different people. Uh, Andrew Pierce called him a dickhead on the radio. Um, his uh, whoever is Charles Andrew Pierce calls everyone a dickhead on the radio affectionately. But I think, and he he also said on the radio, or was it on this morning? Something someone had to apologise and say, "Oh, sorry for that." Was but that wait, word? did Ben? Did Andrew Pierce say dickhead to? Matt Hancock. No, he called him a dickhead. Everyone calls him a dickhead. He's a wanker and a bastard and a penis. I mean, I don't... Yes, but but why? And what what I think is interesting is that people make these kind of veiled attacks on Matt Hancock's personality. And I want to see it play out in the jungle. I want to see what the hell is wrong with it. Do you remember when we saw Matt Hancock? Mm. What was it? Two weeks ago, you and I were invited to the Sunday Times 200th birthday party. I think the only Times people who were. Yeah. Uh, and not Sunday Times people. Anyway, we went to the Sunday Times 200. And there we were at the beginning. And first of all, there's Matt Hancock. And you think, 
What are you doing here, you mate? Think, what a dickhead. Yeah. What if you come to this thing? It's basically everyone. All the Sunday Times columnists, all all the writers, and everybody. And no other politicians. Oh, except Keir turned up, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, Keir Starmer turned up later. So so Hancock turns up. Apart from anything else, I saw him and I thought of all the terrible things I've written about Matt Hancock. And he looked, he, he looked across and sort of grinned and did a wave at me. He gave you a big smile and you were like, can you not read? I've never met him. Yeah. And, so, and then, what we, knowing that Hancock was there, we then sat down to watch this quite good film about the history of the Sunday Times in which our friend Camilla Long, the great Sunday Times columnist, started talking about Matt Hancock. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. And everyone's sitting there in the dark. Everyone's had cocktails and a few drinks, loads of journalists, plus Matt Hancock. We're all sitting in a darkened theatre. And then she goes... And then on the film, which was about the Sunday Times, and they interviewed the columnists, so they interviewed Rod Little and Camilla and Matthew Syed. Jeremy Clarkson. And Jeremy Clarkson. And and Camilla sat down and said, well, you know, the thing about writing this topical column is that, you know, you just have to... You either get a, a gift of a subject or you don't. Take, for example, Matt Hancock, when Matt Hancock was caught groping his... His girlfriend on CCTV and everyone the whole, the whole went, went oh my god we actually clutched each other yes. quite hard with and it takes a lot for you to clutch me with both it hands does, yes. and I we clutched went, you we, with both hands I, who did I have on my left Roger Alton famed, pre, former assistant editor of basically every paper in Fleet Street kind of went oh ev- <laughs> everyone in the room knew we we're all sitting there with with uh, Hancock if I'm going to do a column then it should be about why I didn't do it so obviously I would have I, I did I turned them down, but if I'd said yes I thought you meant why you didn't go into politics. <laughs> is it that funny? Yeah, I haven't sorry. gone into politics yet. No, anyway, I, you would easily watch the show. So they come and ask me because they need a fifty something sort of right wing disgraced twat or whatever. Yeah. And then oh whoops, they've got Matt Hancock. I'd have been dropped at the, surely. But you wouldn't let me do it. Now we, no. we why didn't you want me to do it? Um first and foremost, number one. First surely number one wasn't that you would miss me. No, you only be gone for three weeks. If it lasts that long. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Cheers, Ben. Oh, ben um, edits himself in now. He gets the punchline deal. It's probably the fucking theme music. Might as well go home. What about getting rid of the bounty bar? I think yeah. we should go from politics to... Chocolate. Um, but, uh, such a weird story. Okay, here we go. Um, they have long been the Marmite of Chocolate Bar. Ah, who wrote that? Andrew Elson. No, don't <laughs> name him. No, ah. Andrew, you can do better than that. Fucking Marmite, leave it out. But they, but also, he's wrong. They're not the Marmite of Chocolate Bars. Turkish Delight is the Marmite of Chocolate Turkish Bars. Turkish Delight is not Marmite. Turkish Delight is delicious. There's no thing with Turkish Delight. No, Turkish Delight There's nobody whose favourite chocolate bar. isn't Turkish Delight. Turkish Delight Yeah, bar. full of Eastern Promise. Not allowed to say that anymore. Disgusting. Do you remember the ads for that? No, we're You're too young. It was called Full of Eastern Promise. And they no. used to, literally, men, in camel, men on camels... Like Bond villains on camels riding through the desert, and then they would they would they would be about to like kill someone with a scimitar, mm. and then they would break a Turkish delight, and it would open all this sort of pink middle with chocolatey flakes, and then it would go full of Eastern promise. Oh, it's delicious, wow. fucking delicious. It's not delicious, yummy. Uh, but it, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so look, that's what I mean. Everybody's got a different idea about that, and they, I, I'm sorry, there is no one chocolate bar that is the marmite of chocolate bars. Bounties yeah. are freaking delicious, especially the dark, dark chocolate version, and I and I can't believe the story. Okay, so the makers of the bounty bar have recognised the divisive nature of their product by trialling a bounty-free box of celebrations. Mars Wrigley said its researcher found that bounty bars were often the last to be taken from its selection box. 
send them brown here i love them two-thirds of customers reported family arguments if only the coconut treats were left okay now, and instead they're going to compensate by putting in more mars snickers maltesers and galaxy just the, the just just the completely just the kind of nerf yeah. all that chocolate basically is shit all of that chocolate without i mean pending legal action from mars and wrigley so i can't but 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 it's hydrogenated vegetable oil it's the very kind oh, of chocolate which the eu tried to get undesignated as chocolate. They wanted it to say chocolate flavour, hydrogenated vegetable oh, oil really? product. Yeah, because yeah. it, it isn't what a foreign person would call chocolate. It's this blah. And yeah. the fact that the one slightly edgy, slightly different one, Bounty, is, you know, they, they don't want it, they just want more Snickers. I love the fact that it said when there are only bounties left, you, you read that thing out, there are these, it creates these family rows. And I imagine these super obese families <laughs> sitting around at Christmas having eaten 50 kilos of Snickers. Only bounties left. This fucking bounty yeah, bars. Yeah, exactly. a fucking bounty bar. Too and much fibre. Too much fibre. It's a, who put a fucking vegetable in my chocolate? Yeah. You know, it, it is quite bizarre that while the yeah. others are all just variations of hydrogenation. So yeah. you put maybe peanuts they put into Snickers, but basically... It's like a Milky Way or a Milky Way with some caramel on top and it's a Mars or it's a yeah. Malteser, you roll it up. The one thing, they've managed to slip vaguely fibrous stuff into that thing. And, and it's disgusting. And it's disgusting. But they have... Uh, yes, no, that's, that's, it's very, very odd. The, the wider have. column, I thought, was, would be rather good about this. Um, oh, sorry, well, the link I would make, first of all, you would make a good link with variety packs for cereal, which... Um, oh, just full of rice crackers. I have quite a thing. No! No, no, Esther. You, I'm gonna. Sorry, but you jumped the gun there. I have a okay, lot of, no, sorry. So look, when I was a kid, so when I was little and a kid and liked sugary cereals, the variety packs. Then I used to think it was a real swizz because they were usually two cornflakes, two Rice Krispies, a special K, and then uh, a Cocoa Krispies, as they were then called, a Frosties and something else sugary, Honey Smacks. I think they were, and that was always said to be because they do a they do a you're laughing at me, but this is my area of expertise. I'm laughing at you because you just said the word honey smacks. <laughs> That's what they were called. <laughs> they were called that, or possibly honey nut loops. I don't know. They were. Okay. They were or puffer puffer rice. They was different <laughs> shit when I was a kid. It was what it was. Puffer puffer honey wax. Okay. <laughs> Smacky sugar frosted Cody bombs. What's the thing that Calvin eats in Calvin and Hobbes? Sugar frosted chocolate. Oh wait, chocolate frosted sugar bombs. No wait, sugar something like that. Actually, they're kind of bland until you put sugar on them. Exactly. The great line. Yeah. Uh, and it was because they did a sort of popularity test and they filled the variety packs according to popularity. And cornflakes then were so popular that they were there were twice as many, more than twice as many people liked cornflakes as like Cocoa Pots. And it gradually changed and gradually the cornflakes reduced. Now in a variety pack, it's four Rice Krispies. What are they called now? Because they're not Rice Krispies, Cocoa Krispies. So four Cocoa Pops. Right? Yeah, out of the eight, it's three or four Cocoa Pops, two Frosties, a Ricicles and like... There's not even any cornflakes. There's in there no ricicles in there. We when we went Do to they Wales not exist and anymore? we no, well, I don't know. But when we, I used to love ricicles. I once choked on a ricicle. It was really embarrassing. That when we That's went a shit to Wales, unless you elaborate, or is it not worth elaborating? I can't really remember what happened. You I choke think, on everything. I do. You choke on cups I of do. tea. Air. You choke on. I yeah. I really badly choked on a cup of tea once, and I but I choked on a ricicle. Anyway, that is a boring anecdote. Okay, yeah. so let's press on. In, when we went on holiday to Wales, we bought both kids their own variety packs. And, and I feel no... like they were just full of Rice Krispies. I think they were. No, no, cocoa. They're full of cocoa they Krispies. Full of I was cocoa appalled cocoa. that they weren't full of. This is so, boring. Yeah, boring. It is boring. It's boring. It is boring. Okay, but so... the main point of the story is the eradication of anything that isn't immediately delicious. So, yeah. for example, I, I'm going to say I'm, I don't go with this Marmite shit because everybody loves uh, 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 sort of plain dark chocolate or whatever. But 
there's no question that in a box of milk tray or dairy milk and those kind of chavial chocolates, which I, I used to love, um, no one ever liked the coffee cream, right? Uh, coffee cream, orange cream, strawberry cream. No, cool. orange cream, delicious. Disgusting. A yum. No. No, yum. No. Not the really fondant, sluzy <laughs> stuff. Black. <laughs> no, but like a, a Terry's chocolate orange vibe is nice. Oh, yeah, that's fine. The strawberry cream, absolutely disgusting. Yuck, it is yuck. like a boils burst in your mouth. My sister declared that she loved the strawberry and the orange cream because they were the ones always left at the end. So she used to hoover them up at the end. You get them anyway without saying you like them because they're left. No, but she wanted to make it a point of pride rather than like, I'm just going to have these just because, you know, they're the ones left over. She would go, ooh, yum, I love these. But she would never start eating them until all the others had gone. Um, so it's like an episode of The Crown. Just <laughs> real family intrigue. Uh, so the, the point, no, the, so the coffee cream is right. No, it's eradicating this, the, the move towards the wider pom- pompous point. Mm. The, 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 the move towards heterogeneity. The removal yeah. of anything slightly triggering or co- you can imagine the snowflake culture of the young sort of student world you can imagine them at durham university warnings may contain uh, uh bounty bars yeah. oh no it's a bounty bar and it's made me think of child abuse and colonialism mm-hmm. or something you know um it, it, it's removing and it's a world in which um you don't have uh, a coffee cream in the bottom but of it's it. also there's also something there's always so, there's also something exciting isn't there about ruffling through the tin and one to of fight, them and oh there's one left and yeah. it's mine and i found it hooray you know whereas if you open the tin and it's all just the purple ones and it's all just so like you ones, bought me a, did very kindly a packet of wine gums the other day mm-hmm. and in the car there was one fucking black one it's always the same there's like there's never ever loads and loads of black ones because they know that it's everyone's favorite that's just a, i don't well, know wine gums are next aren't they you're just going to open the packet and it's just going to be neat, they did, There was a phase neat. when you could buy only black ones and only red ones and only green ones and stuff. And that's, but, but then they stopped doing that because it... it but because it a black one only the... tastes as good as it does when you've had to slog your way through several green ones. Oh, boy. So, yeah, but the point that, but that's good. Whereas to take away the opportunity of eating the green ones and have only the black ones, that's so it's and in the world, it is a metaphor for life, isn't it? You know, you just have to struggle through the, through the some shit. things used to be you used to have to get up and turn the television yeah. on, but then they invented remote control. Mm-hmm. I admit that's 50 years ago, but now you don't, children, for example, don't have to watch Blue Peter yeah. and sort of shit old reruns of Champion the Wonder Horse and Andy Pandy because they can endlessly just watch. Mm you know, Bing Bunny or whatever, on a massive loop. Mm. So the, the the technology and everything else has moved towards a world where you don't have to put up with anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Whereas actually, I, I watched an awful lot of Columbo, which has been which was excellent for my, you know, sleuthing. It's another family. insight into the Walker family. I, I, you, I always try and broaden this out to wider political points, and you always say, ah, yes, but at my house we watched a lot of Columbo and then mm. fought over the orange cream. Yeah, absolutely. No one else watched Columbo. On a kind of Saturday and a Sunday afternoon, what there was, this is your point, that what there was to watch was Columbo, so I watched Columbo. And also, you're right, they don't have to watch Blue Peter, and Blue Peter is actually very good at educational programming. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer, rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I'm going to do a massive thing because we try not to get into the whole trans debate because Ben always takes it out. Daniel Radcliffe has spoken out again about how he why he spoke out against... I think in internet parlance, it's called doubling down. He's doubled down on, on the speaking out against J.K. Rowling. And he said he lots of gay and trans fans came up to him and he felt that they were being excluded by what she said. And that's OK. I love the way that this little actor said, if I didn't, if I hadn't spoken up about what J.K. Rowling said, I wouldn't have been able to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> Which is all actors want to do. <laughs> He's just this little man yeah. standing, looking at himself in front of the mirror, going, hello, Daniel. And just like putting his tube and stand, standing on his tiptoes, trying on different hats, doing his, having a little shave. Maybe I'll have a moustache to speak. Oh, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. And I'm just tickled by that, how that was the benchmark for that. Well, actors do understand uh, how silly and irrelevant they are, uh, which is why they're so sort of, they can be so sort of demanding and pompous. Well, last night we went to see our brother-in-law in, in uh, his performance of Upstart Crow. Oh, we must give by, it a massive big up. Written by Thank Ben Elton. Yeah. Written by Ben Elton, who was there. He was there. He was actually there. He ben lives El- in Australia, so long way home for him. Well, I think I think he's staying for a bit. Yeah, no, obviously. He's, he's just sort of come for the run. So he came and he came with Roger Taylor from Queen. Yeah. And we had a long conversation about whether we should take one of Sam's drumsticks along mm. to get Roger Taylor to sign it, and, and whether you could sign a drumstick. And then you decided. Don't be so lame. And it was like literally, shall we be a bit cooler than that? And not yeah. like arrive. No one else meet, was. Meet eighty-year-old Roger Taylor at the theatre in a special little green room, just us, our sister. Ben Elton and Roger Taylor from Queen immediately produce a drumstick. Go, sign it. Yeah, he would have done. He would have been yeah. absolutely fine about it. But no, no one else was cool. Everyone else was like, can I have a selfie? And he was like, yeah. Roger Taylor said to me, I love that hotel show. Before I had a chance to say that I really liked Queen. <laughs> I think he's probably quite bored. He was very, very friendly and nice. He's very bored towards the hotel show. Which, <laughs> I, which I now don't even do. I didn't even say, yeah, it's Rob Rinder now, mate. I might start watching it now, Rob does Fuck it. Fuck off. Um, so, you know, so last night we went to see Upstart Crow with our brother-in-law, David Mitchell, in the, the lead playing William Shakespeare. I don't really know anything it's, about it. It was hilarious. And it was very yeah. funny. It was, it was very funny. I thought it was, it was amazing. It's a, it's, it's a sort of critical point in Shakespeare's life. If you've seen the sitcom, the bit where they're putting it now is he's had a bit of a crap run. He did Hamlet, but now he's just in all this rubbish like as well, that as well, and measure for measure. And now he's trying to think up, come up with a good idea for a play and he's about to do Lear and... Uh, and Othello. Oh, Othello. And there was full of these in-jokes about the theatre. And I suddenly realised, I was going, whoa, ha, 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 ha. And I suddenly realised that, of course, you don't really know any Shakespeare, do you? Not very much, no. Yeah. But it was still funny. It was still but the funny. Fu- what was funny was the jokes against the... They were missed many, many, many jokes about how ridiculous actors are. And Daniel Radcliffe, he's, they are actors are faintly ridiculous. They, they refer to themselves as flesh puppets. Like, a lot. Do they? Yes. I have many, many, well, many, all the actresses I know occasionally refer to themselves as flesh puppets. They know that they just stand there and say other someone else's words. And so, and that's why they're always, you know, talking about their craft. Have you ever heard, you know, a brain surgeon talking about his craft 
or the need to rest. Or... Oh, doctors are, doctors are the most boring people it's in the world. It's true that it's true that brain surgeons are very pompous. So boring. Yeah. I've, I've I've met a few. Brain I don't mean boring. I mean pompous and self-important. Actually, they probably are. Aren't all they? doctors are. They're all boring and they're all quite thick. And it, even the brain surgeons, all they do is open the same hole in the same heads and poke about in the same bit of brain. They don't. It's not. It's not as difficult as people say. Do you remember when they had a competition? Of the brain surgeons versus the versus the rocket scientists. No, in what? <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I think it was it maybe Top Gear or something. They had a they had a competition between a group of brain surgeons and a group of rocket scientists. Because you know, people go, oh, it's not rocket science, or they go, oh, it's not a brain, yeah. it's not brain surgery. And they had a competition, and I believe. But to that, do what? I can't remember. They, Put a, a rocket in space or operate on a brain. Well, exactly. There was a exactly exactly. They're just minor hands. They just, They're just little they, they nerds. They just do one like... thing very very well over and over again. I believe the rocket scientists won. The thing I most want to write about. Oh, you've waited until we, now to tell us. Okay, go on then. Well, I mentioned ongoing, but I, I don't know if you can do a column about it. I want to write about this business of the closure of a very, very famous old restaurant in the city. And this Which is a restaurant. Is it? Is is it is uh, Simpsons Tavern. Not uh, to be confused with Simpsons in the Strand. It is not Simpsons in the Strand. It's called Simpsons Tavern. It's a chop house. Simpsons has been there since 1757, uh, and which predates the concept of a, of a restaurant. But there were things called chop houses, and they evolved from inns and taverns and pubs. And sort of hot food was available. You often grilled outside by traders, and you could buy the drink and then buy a chop grill. And the chop mm. house was one of the, one of the many things that evolved into what we now think of as a restaurant: pubs, chop houses, gentlemen's clubs, the decline of. Um, uh, domestic servants, that kind of thing, domestic service and people eating at home, event eventually evolved throughout the 19th century into what we think of as a restaurant. Simpsons Tavern, it's at 38 and a half ball court off Cornhill, right? And it's a, you go down Cornhill by, by the Bank of England, down a little alleyway. Mm -hmm. I saw it because I once wanted to get a suit made by a tailor who was down there. And there it is. And it's this place where Thackeray drank. Dickens is thought to have drunk. He certainly drank in the Georgian Vulture, which is across the road. It is said that while it was while in the Georgian Vulture, while looking through on a snowy night in uh, November uh, 1843, Dickens, looking into the, the Simpsons Tavern, got the idea of an old miser counting his money on Christmas Eve and saying, bah, humbug, the genesis of a Christmas carol is there. I, I took Kitty there on, in January after uh, a trip to the Dickens Museum and wrote a review about how I loved it. It's cheap, it's affordable, it's 14 quid for a steak, the house wine is 20 quid a bottle. Um, it's an institution. If you go down there now, you will find the locks have been changed and there's a there's an eviction notice on the door. Oh, really? They've, they've seen, had to cease trading? They, they've, been, they've, been, they've been forced onto the edge of bankruptcy. Uh, now, the story was covered very briefly in... Patrick Kidd's diary. Uh, it's been mentioned in a couple of food websites. I've had all week people writing to me saying, please, get, with my massive restaurant powers, they think I can close restaurants, whether I can save them, I don't know. Please do everything you can to save Simpsons. Uh, and I'm at 15, 20, 25 emails from people, mostly in the city. It turns out that what's happened is that, uh, like every other restaurant business, uh, uh, Simpsons were didn't trade for nearly two years. During because the, of the pandemic. During the yeah. pandemic. They furloughed people. They had a rent holiday. They are owned, it transpires, by a, by a, a holding company, um, Tavor Holdings, Bermuda-based company. Uh, well, it's fine, but it, you know, that's how things, networks of... Uh, tax-efficient companies all over the world is how so much is owned nowadays. Um, they were in negotiations about, like most restaurants, what they've been allowed to do. They, they thought they're going to be like most restaurants, allowed to, to pay back the arrears 
generated over the pandemic over the life of the lease, which is 13 years left in terms of Simpsons. 385,000 quid. It's two years rent. Is that plus, rent arrears? Right. As rent arrears plus uh, insurance costs and service charges. And they, they were in negotiations. Now, the government offered a... I happen to know about this, and I want to talk about this because it's my restaurant area and all that. The government offered an arbitration scheme, free arbitration between landlords and uh, business small business owners to get through the pandemic and to work this stuff out. Simpsons Tavern, the, I, and I spoke to Ben Duggan, who's the manager of the place, Simpsons Tavern were in negotiations with their landlords about this and thought it was all good faith. They didn't, I think rather naively, choose to go to the government arbitration system. Monday the 17th of November, they showed up for work and the locks had changed. After 265 years of constant trading at 38 and a half ball court. 17th the, of November or 17th of October? 17th of October, okay, sorry. Fine. 17th of October. Right, okay. Um, they turned up and they changed the locks. They changed the locks as really? an eviction notice. Oh, really? uh, I spoke to the, the, the manager. The, this is the most famous, beautiful old restaurant. It's wonderful. It's like, it's it's it's, sort of, it's a network of boogly wooden corridors, uh, little rooms. It, it's no use for anything else. You couldn't put a pret there. It has no face, no, no face, no facade on the main road at all. Right. It's got no... You couldn't put a pret in there. You couldn't put a gym in there. You couldn't put a Franco fucking manager in there. And they can't there. do anything to it because it's listed. And, listed. But the, but the, so what they've done is that they, 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 the owners have... Um, what the manager told me was there's no there's no solvency issue they've got good books they're trading where they were in October 2019 they're back trading there they've got good books they've got a solid business they haven't got 385,000 quid overnight therefore that means under the terms of the lease they can now sell the freehold mm-hmm. but the freehold is worth fuck all because you could, nothing you could really do there so th- this is the time of year 40% of all their business uh, as any almost is true of most restaurants 40% will be done in November and December they were fu- fully booked. He said, and Ben was saying to me that you know he w- they would have. This is their high time of trading. They've had to make the staff redundant at Christmas. They, he's he's phoning tables booked of forty and fifty for for for, for Christmas party tables have had to be cancelled. Two hundred and forty people were booked in for December the sixteenth for their Carol night. It's been going since before Dickens yeah. singing. Car- no, boom, fuck them. There has to be a way of saving them. And I do, is that a, I think is, 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 the, my problem with writing a column about it in the Times is. They've just put up interest rates today, Thursday, as we record, mm-hmm. to 3%. Family mortgages are going to be in default. People are going to be on the street. No one's got any money. It, you choose your battles. Is this the most important battle? Will people care? Can it be used as a symbol of, of you know, the battle between... Could I do it as a, par- a parody of A Christmas Carol? You know, Simpsons was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever of that. It's just mean at Christmas. Sort of fucking Christmas. That's, That's why I said they've done it at fucking Christmas. What a yeah. gift to the to the... You know, to the sentimental, sort of Dickens-minded thing. Dickens, in eight, these are the values that Dickens in 1843 was satirising in Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, you know, yeah. are there no prisons? Are yeah. there no workhouses? You know, he's satirising those values, working, devoting his entire writing life to try and stamp out an attitude which these Tavora Holdings people are operating today Dickens is massively sort of sentimental attitude towards kind of the underdog and sort of downtrodden people which which really sort of persists today in in you know sort of cultural atmosphere that you wouldn't give really get in many other countries it's it, it's like it is like um it is like he's made made it up he was so so sentimental and ridiculous but closing I, I, down Victor Hugo wrote an entire book called Les Miserables you know, was, <laughs> around to the be same fair time, to the though, around the same time a bit later copied it off Dickens but yeah but yeah but it's it's uh, it, it is it, it is like a thing that would happen in a Dickens novel you know lovely jolly old Simpsons town owned by Ma Higgins and her jolly fizzy wig like I say you shut down just before Christmas Simpsons was dead to begin with there is no doubt whatever of that the body was signed of the thing and the clerk had signed the burial notice and the thing so I'll start off with sort of make it make it sound like a modern day Christmas carol I don't see why you can't do that
You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a wireless studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.